You betcha. Good stuff right there. Good stuff right there. Before we start, I just wanted to just take a moment to pray. Uh, I noticed that uh, one of our members uh, had to leave. She had to leave just a minute ago. And we know that she's had some issues with her health. So uh, we are a praying church. And I want you to lift up uh, Beverly and Ricky on to you just right now. Uh, she's had some heart issues. And uh, before we ever start, uh, we're going to take her to the, to the throne room of grace, okay? So let's, let's pray for her. Father God, we just come to you just praising your name. Father, we just want to lift up Rick and Beverly to you, God. I don't know why they needed to leave. I don't under know, but you do. And Father, if it is her health issue that she's been dealing with, her heart, God, we just lift them up to you right now. Father, we lift up her and, and your healing power. Father, we lift up your caring power over her, God. Father, we pray that you would just uh, uh, just watch over her right now. Uh, I just, I don't believe that she wanted to leave, but I think she had to, God. So, Father, you know the heart there. You know what's going on there, God. And, God, I pray that you will just hear the petitions of your people here, God. Father, your word tells us where two or three are gathered in your name, you're in your midst. And, Father, when we pray, Father, your word says that you will hear. Hear us individually. You'll hear us as a group. So, God, we lift her up to you right now, that she'll be okay today that you will just work a miracle in her life, God, and just bring her back to us next week where she's feeling better, where she can get up and go and do what she needs to do. Father, again, we praise your name. Praise your name, Father. Father, we ask that your presence will be in our service today, God. Father, we ask that you'll speak through me. Father, hide me behind your cross, God. And, Father, make me sensitive to your Holy Spirit as your Holy Spirit leads me uh, during your message here, Father. We pray that your name will be glorified in all that we do. Father, we are thankful that you are faithful. Like we sang about this morning, God, how faithful that you are. Your faithfulness is just amazing. We see your faithfulness every morning, God, when the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west. That is a beautiful picture of your faithfulness to us, God. You never miss a beat in your faithfulness to us. Father, we love you. Be with us today as we go through your message. In your name we praise. Amen. Amen. We'll read 2 Timothy again if you want to go there. Uh, today's message is just kind of a, maybe an extenuation from last week. Uh, these verses will just follow along what we talked about last week. Uh, and I'm sure you're sitting there thinking, hmm, I wonder what he said last week. That, uh, what did he say? Well, I'm fixing to remind you, okay, and put it back in your mind if you lost it. Or if you weren't here Sunday, uh, we'll just kind of put that back into your mind a little bit, okay? Uh, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and last week we started in verse 5, and this week we'll start in verse 8 when we get there. But just a quick reminder of what we talked about last week. Paul the apostle is in prison, and he's telling Timothy, his good friend, he said, sometimes you've got to kind of stir up the passion that you've lost for the Lord. You've got to kindle afresh. And we all get that to a point in our life some days, don't we, where we just... 
are just kind of down and we just don't understand. We're just not on cloud nine and, and we're just not really fired up about the Lord because of all kind of different stuff that might come into our mind. And Paul says, man, kindle afresh. Get fired up again. Get the passion going again. Get back in the word and get back to praying and get back to witnessing and get back and doing those things that God has called you to do. Kindle afresh. Don't be sitting around like an old knot on a log. He said, get back, get back in the game. And then he tells him, he says in verse 7, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. We do not have a spirit of fear, okay? Fear comes from the devil. Fear is something that the devil uses to uh, uh, make us uh, feel bad, to make us want to not be a worshiper. Fear is uh, uh, when we have fear that comes into our lives over any kind of an issue, that comes from the enemy. Because you see, the word, his word just tells us that God does not give us that spirit of fear. You see, the enemy wants to use that to ruin us. The enemy wants to say, I want to insert fear into your life. Because you see, when you have are fearful, that takes the place of your faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. Did you know that? And, he, and, and Paul says, you don't have that spirit in you. You have a spirit of power. And we talked about last week the power to navigate this old world. The spirit of, of power that says God will provide everything you need as long as you are in his will. As long as you are doing his will. As long as you are doing what God has called you to do. He will infuse you with that power to navigate this old world. He'll also give you the power when you start ministering to other people. When you step out, God, I am going to minister to them. I am going to tell them about Jesus. I am going to, maybe he's called you to teach a Sunday school. Maybe lead out in VBS. Maybe to help somebody. Maybe to do something around the church. Maybe you have a spiritual gift that just says, I can work for churches. I can work for other people. I want to serve other people. And when he does that, when he instructs you to do that, when he wants you to step out in ministry, we talked about the Holy Spirit will infuse you with the power to be able to do what he's called you to do. He will never call you to do something without giving you the power and the strength and the patience and the perseverance to go do it. You know, if, 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 if we ask you to, man, would you help us in, in this, whatever it is, the first answer always has been, I'll pray about it. Okay, which is a good thought. But when people say, I'll pray about it, always the answer is usually 99% of the time is what? No. You see, God will infuse you with the power to be able to do His work. Amazing, but that's what He does. And then He says He gives us a power to love. We have His power to do what we've been called to do. A power to do His, to witness for Him. And He's given us this power of love. And if you remember last week, we talked about it's agape love. It's a love, and boy, I wish he had never said this, remember? That I will love you no matter what you've ever done to me. I will love you no matter what you've ever done to me. That's not human nature. That just doesn't come to us. You see, only God alone possesses that kind of a love. And he's willing to give us that kind of love for people no matter what they've done to us because. Because of who? Because of Jesus because of what Jesus did. Because you see, Jesus loved you before you were ever born again. He loved you unconditionally no matter what you have done. 
in your life. Do you get that? I mean, that's the kind of love he had. He had agape love for you. Even when you rejected him, even when you turned your back on him, even when you wanted nothing to do with that guy, he still loved you with a love no matter what you have done. And you see, when we got born again, when we, when we signed up to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we have that kind of love available to us. I sure can't muster up enough love to, to love some folks. But I can tell you where that's going to come from. God Almighty will infuse you with that. Just as he infuses you with power to be a minister for him, he will infuse you with that love, the love of the people. Gape kind of love that he wants to give to you. Unbelievable. And then the last thing we talked about last week, he will give us a sound mind. He will give us a mind that controls our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings during even the most difficult times that we come across. Even those hard times that we deal with in life, even as believers, why do godly suffer? There you go. And yet he gives us a sound mind to be able to deal with. He gives us a mind that no matter what is happening in my life and in your life, we can still focus our hearts and our eyes on him, on the Lord. We don't have to run from the Lord. We don't have to forget the Lord when struggles come. Because he gives us a sound mind to keep our heart and our mind focused on our Savior. What a beautiful thing God has done for us just because we have been born again. And Paul's reminding Timothy, this is, here are some, some good stuffs, if you would, about being born again. Today we're going to look at the same kind of good stuff about being, a, being born again. The title of the message is, Do Not Be Ashamed. Do Not Be Ashamed, Believer. And here's why we're not going to be ashamed. So let's begin there in verse 8. Okay, that's where we're going to start there in verse 8 of chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. And we see a couple things already in that verse, okay, as we are moving on. And in verse 8 it says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, or do not be ashamed of the gospel, or of me, his prisoner. But join me in suffering for the gospel according to to the power of God. I see three things in those verses, that verse right there. He says, first of all, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Paul writes, Timothy, Timothy, buddy, do not be ashamed of the gospel. See, as Christians, we are called to share the good news, are we not? We are called to tell others that God loves you. And that Jesus died for you. And Jesus rose again on the third day just for you. We are commissioned to tell others about that. We are called to tell tell other people that your sins really can be forgiven forever and forever. They really can be sin as far as the east is from the west. He can take those sins away. We are called to tell people that, are we not? That is part of our commission is to tell people the good news. We are called to tell the good news of Jesus Christ, are we not? Do not be ashamed of that, Timothy. Do not be ashamed of that, First Baptist of Arapahoe. We are called to tell, and we are called to tell that. Why? Because he has empowered us to be able to do that very same thing. We are to go and tell of the amazing grace that God has bestowed upon all of us. We're also called to live for Christ. 
We share Christ by speaking. We share Christ by living out the gospel. Did you know that? We, we share Christ, and we're not ashamed of Christ because of the way that we live. We live in submission to Him. We live in obedience to His command. We live according to what God has called us to do. And he says, I want you to live this way. These are some things I want. Because God would tell us as I put parameters on a, on a lifestyle that it's not to keep you from having joy, but it is to keep you from to having joy. And he says, I want you to live this way because this is where true joy will come from. I want you to live according to what I've called you to live. I want people to know that you are my children. I want people to know that you are one of mine by the way you live. And then in John, it tells us in John 15, 35, he says, and they will know if you are my disciples by the way you live. And the way you love. You see, see, other people will know that you've been born again because of the way you live your life. And then he says, they will know that you've been born again by the way you love other people. I mean, that's Jesus speaking. When you love like, you're, like we're supposed to love, when you love somebody with agape love, I can tell you, other people are going to recognize it. Other people are going to know it. And other people are going to go, where in the world did that come from? Bingo. Then you, what do you tell them? It comes from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are to tell others about the gospel. We are to live other, in front of others the gospel. And then the, and the third part it says there in that verse, it says that in that verse, join me in suffering. Oh, boy, that's a good one, isn't it? He says, join me. Paul says, Timothy, join me in suffering. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid some churches would probably pass on that part of the verse. Well, but we ain't one of them. Sometimes suffering comes in the life of a believer. Why do the godly suffer? Sometimes it happens. You know, we don't suffer much in America anymore. We, we really don't suffer much in America. I've other countries, yeah, but in America we really don't suffer much but we also know as we look at the the tv and the news that there very much is an anti-christian movement in our country we know that it's happening we can see it on the, on tv and we can read it in the papers that there is a movement going on in america that's very anti anti-christian i mean we know just in recent years what have they done they've taken god out of schools have they not taken god out of schools They've taken God out of government. Yeah, we've got to have that separation. No, you don't. Some churches, some denominations have taken God out of their churches. Did you even know that? That we no longer speak and preach the gospel. We want to preach about feeling good about ourselves, being the best you can be. But they've taken God and they've taken Christ out of their, out of their church. I've even heard this, that... that Preachers have been accused of, of speaking hate speech because they read from God's Word. People claim this is hate speech. This is love speech. And that's the environment that we're living in right now. And, 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 and we see this idea that, that Christian principles and conservative ideas are now, now being slowly censored, slowly taken away, slowly done away with. 
And I hope it never happens in our society. I hope it never happens in our environment. I hope it never happens in this generation in America. But if we don't get on our knees, it very easily could happen one day in society in America. Why do I constantly ask you to read his word, to read the Bible daily? Because you got to know what's in it. You got to know what's in it. You can't let society tell you what's in this book. You can't let the enemy tell you what's in this book because he'll quote it almost word for word. But he'll change it just a little bit. You've got to read this word to know what's in it. You have got to pray. I constantly ask you to keep praying, praying, praying hard, taking, taking your thoughts and thinking, taking your hurts and not taking your joys to the throne room of grace. Because where else are you going to find God's will? Where else are you going to find the power to live according to God's will? Where else are you going to find the strength that you need in order to be successful in an environment that says, you don't know what you're talking about, Christian? And you go to the Lord and you talk to him and ask him and let him direct you. Every week I try to tell you to be faithful to him, to stand strong in your faith. Because if you don't, what's going to happen? Your legs are going to be cut out from underneath you. Because you have not stood and you not have practiced, if you would, the faith of standing strong for what you believe in. Man, I tell you every week, get in his word. Get in his word. Pray. Be, be faithful. And I, I know how many times I've told you this before. you got to pass a godly legacy down to your kids and your grandkids. You just got to do it. You got to pass that legacy down. Because one day, one day we're going to be in an environment, maybe not in our lifetime, but maybe in your kid's lifetime, maybe in your grandkids' lifetime, it's going to be very, very much anti-Christian in our society. It very easily could come a day, like in other countries, where people will have to choose between their faith and their freedom. Are you preparing for that? Are you praying for that? It's kind of like I think uh, we all have, well, I think we all do. We all have a savings account, I hope, where we kind of put money away for a, for a rainy day. And we put a little in there and we hope it grows and we, we put it in there, not for today, but for later on down the road. I'm here to tell you that is what prayer is when we pray for our kids and we pray for our grandkids. You understand what I'm saying? When we pray for our kids and our grandkids, we might not be around when they are dealing with this kind of environment. But you know what? When we begin praying for them right now, it's like we're putting prayer into a bank account, a savings account. And then when we are gone off of this old earth and they are still here and they're dealing with what they're having to deal with, I can promise you that God will pull from that savings account of prayer and he'll begin to answer that prayer in, in for your kids and for your grandkids and for your great-grandkids. Do you understand why prayer is important? That you're putting it in a savings account so when they need it, 
when they stand and they are being criticized and harassed because they are born again. And where does that strength come from? It comes from you, mom and dad and grandpa and grandma, that you have put it in that savings account. And they're going to draw from it. I promise you that is what prayer is. They got to draw from that savings account. You might not even be here. You might be in heaven for the last 15 years. But you know what? Your prayers are still right there in that savings account waiting for when they need it. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be people of prayer. And we don't have to just pray for ourselves. Okay? We pray for those that we love. We pray for that family. We pray for that future family. And we pray for the lost who need it today. You see... Mom and dad, we got to set an example, do we not? We got to show our kids, we got to show our grandkids that your faith, your faith, your belief is your number one priority in life. They've got to see it. They've got to see how, how strong your faith is. They've got to see that you're willing to stand up against whatever you've got to stand up against, the temptations of life, the struggles of life. How are we going to deal with that? How do we deal when suffering comes? And I promise you, little eyes are we watching you how you deal with it. Do you deal with it in the way that the world tells you to deal with it? Or do you deal with it the way God tells you to deal with it? Because we know God is faithful. Setting the example does not give them eternal life. Setting example just gives them the strength to see how you've been living. They'll give them the strength to see that this is really important to mom and dad or my grandma or my grandpa. This, is, this faith stuff is really important. And we pass that legacy down. I can promise you that will never be forgotten because God will bring that up to them in a time of need. It's important, mom and dad, grandpa, grandma, that you begin to do that. Maybe you've done it all your life. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you never cared if you gave, gave a legacy back to your kiddos and your grandkiddos. But I'm here to tell you, today would be a good day to start if you've not been doing that. Today would be a good day to start. Say, I'm standing up for my Lord. I'm going to stand strong in my faith. And I'm not going to shrink when the world tells me to shrink. Why? Because I want to be faithful to Him. And I want my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids to understand that relationship with Jesus is so important. Matter of fact, it's so important, it is my number one priority in life. Eyes are watching you, Mom and Dad. We must set the example for them. In verse 9, moving on. Why am I not ashamed? Paul would write. Timothy, why you're not ashamed of the gospel? Verse 9, look what it says. Who has saved us and who's called us with a holy calling. Not because of our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Why am I not ashamed of the gospel? Because he has saved us and he has called us. He has saved us and he's called us through grace. You know what grace is? Grace is very simple. It is God giving us something we do not deserve. Did you know that you and I don't deserve salvation. You understand we don't deserve that grace. We don't deserve him giving that to us. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't get it. We, sh we shouldn't get it. But grace says, I love you so much. 
And I want to spend eternity with you so badly that I'm going to extend grace to you. I'm going to give you something that you don't deserve. And that is salvation for eternity. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it this way. For by grace you've been saved through faith. You've been saved by through grace through faith. And not of your works. It is a gift of God that no one could ever boast. You see, grace says you, you're not good enough. You haven't done enough good deeds in your life. You don't have enough money to buy salvation. You can't pay one red cent for salvation. You have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you're saved. And Paul will say, Timothy, Timothy, buddy, don't be ashamed of that. He has saved you and he has chosen you out of people to do a ministry, to do something really good in their lives. Timothy, don't be ashamed. Stand because he has saved you. And Timothy, let me remind you, Timothy, and us today, when we got saved, when we got saved, when we gave our heart and life to Christ and we signed up to be a follower of Jesus, you know what he did for us? He delivered us from the power of sin in our lives. Just think about that. He's delivered us from the power and the consequences even of sin. And he's delivered us from the guilt of sin. He's delivered us from the bondage of sin. He's delivered us from, from sin so we don't have to deal with it anymore. Because he's given us power to deal with it. He's delivered us from the, from the power of sin in our lives. He's also delivered us from death and dying. Did you know this? You're born again. And when you take that last breath here on this earth in a, and I don't know how fast this is, but in a nano, nano, nanosecond, the last breath here is the first breath in heaven. You see, we don't even, we'll, as a believer, we don't die. We are transferred from here to there. Boom. Last breath here. First breath there, and there's no break in between. How's that happen? I don't know. Angels have moved pretty fast, the Bible tells us. He's delivered us from death. He's delivered us from judgment and condemnation. You understand that? He's delivered us from, from being judged because of our sin and the way we have lived. He, he's delivered us from being not condemned. He's delivered us from the wrath of God. He's delivered us. From the punishment of hell forever and forever. He's, he's done that just for you when you signed up to be his follower. Man, how good is that? You see, he's done all that for you and guess what? You don't deserve it. <laughs> I don't deserve it. But he loves us so much. He said, I want to spend eternity with you guys. Why? I don't know. But he does. And he said, I'm going I'm to deliver you from sin. I'm going to deliver you from death. I'm going to deliver you from judgment and condemnation. And, and, and the good thing about all this, he said, I've already made you a home in heaven. I've got a home. I've got a mansion waiting on you when you get there. And you're going to live in that mansion. But the best thing about heaven, you're in the presence of God. And the one who died for you so that you could be there. 
Hey, it don't get no better than that. You see what he's done when you accepted his son as Jesus, as, as Lord and Savior of your life? And, and, and Paul is telling Timothy, if, if he's done all of that for you, if God has done all of that for you, Timothy, how could you ever deny knowing Jesus? How could you ever deny Jesus to your family and to your friends? How could you ever do that? How could you deny to, I don't know the guy. I don't know him. Timothy, you can't do that because of what he's done in your life. How dare us not to stand strong for the Lord when opposition comes in our life? Because look at what he's done for us. And yet, and when something happens and we want to try to crumble, how dare us do that? Because of what he did on that cross for us and what he, how he saved us. We can't do that. How dare us to live in fear of what somebody would say to us if we profess our Christianity. How dare us to live in fear when something happens in our life and, and God's word specifically tells us fear is not from God. And yet we're afraid to speak. We're afraid to act because of what somebody might do. And yet we've got to remember in our minds what he's done for us and the grace he gave to us and how undeserving we were. But he did it anyway. And he sent his son anyway to do that. How can we ever be ashamed to tell somebody else the good news of the gospel after what he's done for all of us? How can we ever be ashamed? Oh, man, I just can't. No, I just can't. No, I just can't. How can we ever be ashamed when we think about what he did? What do you think about him, how he had to send his son to die on that cross and all that, and all what all that did? How could we ever be ashamed of the gospel? Timothy, you can't be ashamed of the gospel. You've got to remember what he's done here. He has saved you, and he has called you by his grace. And then the last part of that verse, it says, from all eternity. He has saved us for all eternity. You see, salvation was God's plan. Salvation began before man was ever, ever thunk of. See, from the beginning, the foundations of the world, God had a plan. And he had a plan A. And that plan A is Jesus. And he came to live on this earth. He lived a perfect life on this earth. He died as a, as a sacrificial lamb for us. He paid our sin debt for us that we could never pay. And God the Father sent his son and said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to live a perfect life, but you're still going to die for the sins of the world. Matter of fact, son, I hate to tell you this, but, but as you're on that cross, son, you're going to become sin. You're going to be sin. He had never touched sin in his life. And yet his whole being became sin. You see, Jesus had a, I mean, God had a plan for salvation. That plan is his son. John 14, 6, from the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You see, that's his only plan. That's, his, that's the only plan God's got. He's got plan A, and that is salvation through my son, and that's it. Nobody else. I don't have another plan. I don't have another plan B, C, D, or E. Plan A. Salvation comes through my son and only my son.
And the Bible will tell us, for every person that does not jump on that plan, for that person who does not believe in that plan, who believes there's other ways to get to heaven, whoever does not accept that plan, the Bible says, will be lost for an eternity and will suffer the wrath of God forever and forever and forever. That's a sad thought. But that's biblical. And we've got to know it. So he only has one plan for salvation. And here's the kicker on this whole deal. He's only got one plan to deliver that message. He's only got one plan to deliver that message. And that one plan is you and I. The angels cannot deliver the message of the good news of the gospel. Why? Because they've never experienced it. They've never been saved. They don't know what sin is. They've never had to deal with sin. They don't need to know. They don't know how, what forgiveness feels like. You see, God's got one plan to deliver that message, and that's you and I to deliver that message. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? See, there's not a very long line behind you. The line is you to deliver that message. Timothy, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Eternity is forever. There's only one plan, Timothy. And that's you, Matthew 28. Go ye therefore and make disciples. We know people that are, not, that are missing that plan right now, don't we? You and I both know there's people in our lives that have missed the plan that God has. Plan A. Well, I, you know, I, I can't go... I can't go speak to them. I mean, I can't go speak to them. What would, they, what would they say? Timothy, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Timothy, remember that power that I talked about? Timothy, remember when, 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 when I said that you don't know what to say? Luke 12, 12? You know what Luke 12, 12 says? It says this. The Holy Spirit will teach you in that hour what you ought to say. Well, I don't know what to say to, to a friend or a family member who's not a believer. The Holy Spirit will teach you in that hour what you ought to say. Luke 12, 12. Write it down. See, He'll do that. He will empower us to do that. Jesus is the only way. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed of your gospel. I'll give you what you need, God has told us, to be successful with my plan, which is plan A, the only plan I've got. Skip down real quickly to the chapter, verse 12. I like this verse too, for some reason. And if you've noticed, we, we even sang about this verse. <laughs> okay. I said, Rhonda, where, where, do I, where do I find this? For I know whom I believed. And she goes, well, you big dummy, it's in the, it's in the, it's in the song book. It's in the hymnal. Well, what's the title of it? For I know whom I have believed. <laughs> So that was a, yeah, I found it, page 337 if you want to know. For this reason I also suffer these things, Paul says, but I'm not ashamed. Did you know eight times, eight times the Apostle Paul was beaten, beaten to an inch of his life. Three times he was shipwrecked, riding on a ship and all of a sudden it runs into something and bingo, there you are. You find yourself floating in the water. Three times that happened to him. One time he was stoned to death. 
He was left for dead because they threw rocks at him. And it just pert near killed him. He was ridiculed. He was mocked. He was threatened. He was persecuted. And yet he writes to Timothy and he writes to us. And he says, I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. You see, Paul was all in, was he not? Paul said, I'm going to give my life to serving my God. I'm going to give my work, the things I do in my life, I'm going to give it to God. I am all in, Paul would say, Timothy. Timothy, you need to be all in. Don, you need to be all in. Rappahoe First Baptist Church, you all need to be all in. And why would he say that? Because you see, Paul, through all of this stuff in his life, he knew God was faithful, did he not? We sang about the faithfulness of God today. He knew he was faithful. Paul knew that God would protect, protect him in this life and protect his eternity life. Paul knew that. He said, because of that, I am convinced and I have whom I believe, I believe in Christ Jesus. And I'm convinced he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. You see, he knew, Paul knew, Paul knew whatever happened to him on this old earth, whatever happened to him was for his good and for God's glory. Paul knew that. So, so, so when he's sitting there getting beat and he's trying to figure out, how is this my good? He was setting an example for the rest of us, was he not? And God was going to get the glory. I believe Paul knew 1 Peter 1, 4 and 5. And in that verse, it talks about an inheritance. That's what the Bible calls our eternity, is our inheritance. We inherited that from our Father. Okay? And in that verse, it talks about this inheritance, our salvation, our eternity, our home in heaven. What does it say? It is imperishable. It is undefiled. It will never fade away. It is reserved for you and I. That's your home in heaven. And the best part of it is that next part of that next verse. I don't know if Dirk's got that or not. But it says it is protected by the power of God. Protected by the power of God. See, Paul understood how difficult life was. But he knew he had this inheritance. And nothing was going to affect his inheritance. Because his inheritance was protected by God Almighty himself. He wasn't going to get to heaven and, and, and Gabriel go, Sorry, Paul. Your past life wasn't any good before you were saved. Can't do it. You're not getting in. Paul knew that was all forgiven. Because it's protected by the power of God. There's, there's no higher power than the power of God. Paul also knew Hebrews 6.10, I believe. For God is not unjust so as to forget the work and the love which you have shown in his name. In having ministered and still ministering to the saints. Paul understood, God's not going to forget what I've done. He's not going to forget that I've been beat eight times and shipwrecked three and stoned to death once. He's not going to forget that. He's not going to forget. He's going to remember that. And one of these days, I, Paul would say, I'm going to be rewarded because of, because of my faithfulness to him. Paul understood Hebrews 6.10. I believe Paul understood Romans 8.18. For I consider the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be considered 
and compared with the glory that God has revealed to me. Paul said, the suffering that I'm going through cannot even compare what I'm going to get one of these days. You see, Paul could see past the, term, the, the temporal here. He could, see that, he could see past this temporal and he could see, boom, eternity waiting up there. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, or the heart of God can imagine what he has prepared for those who love him. You see, Paul understood that verse also. It's not up there, but he understood that. He knew what was way out there for him. And when he was suffering here, he wasn't ashamed of that because he knew who he had believed in. And he had believed in Jesus Christ. And he was convinced, not a maybe, he was convinced that God the Father would protect him in this life and protect him through the power for an eternity. Paul says, don't be ashamed of the gospel, Timothy. Don't be ashamed of the gospel, Rappel First Baptist Church. Look what he's done for you. Look what he did for you when you became a believer. Look what he's going to do for you later on, way out there in eternity. You get to spend eternity with the God who created the universe. And he wants to talk to you. He wants to be with you. And you get to rub shoulders once you get there with the one who died on a cross just for you. Who gave his life just for you. So that you might have eternal life when you accepted him as Lord and Savior. He's delivered us from sin. He's delivered us from death. He's delivered us from condemnation and judgment. And he's given us a home in heaven. Timothy, do not be ashamed of that, Timothy. Do not be ashamed of that, church. Do not be ashamed of that. Because there's a better day coming. If the godly are suffering, I promise you, Paul would tell Timothy, there's a day coming. Don't keep looking at the temporal. Look at the eternal. As we begin our invitation time. And I hope this is an encouragement to you. Man. Man, we don't have to fear nothing. We've got the power to overcome. We've got the power to speak and to do. Why? Because He loves us. Because He saved us. Because He called us. He gave us grace. And He said, I've done all this for you. Do not be afraid. Do not be ashamed. Because of the one that you have believed in. That's Jesus. Be convinced that God the Father is faithful. And he will do what he said he's done. You know, God has done a broken promise in all these years. And he's not going to start with that. As we bow our heads and begin our invitation time, close our eyes. I don't know how God has dealt with you, but I'm going to ask you to do business with him. If you've been born again, that message was for you. If you've never been born again, this message was not for you, but it gives you a glimmer of what could be you. There is power. You just said Christ is Lord and Savior. To free you from the bondage of sin, from the, from the heartache of death, to free you from judgment and condemnation. To give you your home in heaven. Don't be ashamed. Take that step. If you've never been born again, take a step out of you. God urge you. It'll be the greatest day in the history of your days if you just accept.
sometimes are ashamed. Repent of that. Grab back hold of faith. God is faithful. He'll never break a promise. Never be ashamed thank you God and and Father we just uh, thank you for what you do and have done for us in your holy and precious and mighty name I pray these things Amen you guys are dismissed have a great week behave yourself